0: Welcome to Era Women. I'm Chidera, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Lindsay and Ogechi. Hello. Hey. Short and sweet, wasn't that? That was good. That was good. I jumped right into it. <laughs> um, we're just going to jump right into it, because this episode is part two of the saga, the um, just crazy situation that is Rachel <laughs> and Leah, Sister Wise, oh. Sister Wise, Lindsay Put, Maury, yeah, all of those TV shows that you love to hate, you love, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, we're we're talking about Rachel and Leah today, continuing our our time in Genesis. We started with Genesis twenty nine and thirty in the last episode. We covered just kind of what happened between the two sisters as we met them and as they um, just kind of fought over being Jacob's wives. And we're continuing their story, picking up with Genesis uh, 31. And we'll be here through um, Genesis 35. And there's a lot to say about the two. There's a lot to learn from their characters. um, But then there's also a lot to learn about God and where um, the Lord just has His hand and His eyes on them the whole time, despite all the craziness. So, um, if you don't know the story of Rachel and Leah, just to backtrack a little bit, um, we met Jacob. He's run away from his brother Esau, and all. Again, I'm not going to focus on the men here, but feel free to go back and read in Genesis about Jacob, who's one of the patriarchs of the um, of the Israelites. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, being the grandson of Abraham. And um, he stole his brother's birthright and ran away. And so we pick up with the two ladies when we find him um, on the run. And so he he meets Rachel at the well, at a well that he stops at. And she's so beautiful that he just has to have her as a wife. And um, it turns out she's also his cousin. So that's fun. But remember, back then it was normal. It's not It's not accepted today, but back then it was very, very normal. In fact, encouraged to marry within your clan. Um, So he gets tricked by his uncle, who then becomes his father-in-law. Twice. Because he signs up. (laughs) Twice, right? Right. He signs up up for Rachel, but he gets the two-for-one special, which is Leah. Uh, which he didn't want. And unfortunately, Leah is not loved by her husband. That's very clear. (laughs) Um, She's characterized as being uh, weak-eyed, according to the text, but we take that to be just a little less um, attractive in personality and character than her sister may have been, who was more bold, vibrant, um, outgoing, and, and physically beautiful as well. So... Rachel and Leah they have this back and forth um, about who can have children and who can't Leah gives birth gives birth to four sons before Rachel is even able to and she even pushes her servant girl into the mix before she's able to but eventually Rachel um, does start having her own children. That's where we get Joseph if you know the story of the Technicolor dream coat and all that um, right. <laughs> so there's a lot here, right? And and from these two ladies the the nation of Israel is birth. So um I just want to start by asking you ladies what were your biggest takeaways from I guess week 1 and and just learning about who Rachel and Leah were.
1: I think for me like um I feel like I said in part 1 is like you see the promises fulfilled. Like I feel like we often read their story and you see so much of the drama But you totally forget the promise that God had made, like Abraham and Isaac. And um, obviously that was passed on to Jacob, but like that he was going to make descendants and make his people great. So even through the bickering and the back and forth with you sleep with him, no, you sleep with him, or here's my servant, you sleep with her. um, And all these children are being birthed. You kind of forget sometimes, at least when I've read it, you realize like, further into genesis like oh those are the 12 tribes of israel but like when you're Mm -hmm. reading it i feel like you get just so distracted with so much the drama which can we be honest it's kind of like how real life goes we totally forget the promises because of all the drama we're gonna do in the Uh, midst of all that like (laughs) um so i feel like that's what really stuck out to me yeah this like just rereading the story again their story um and I kind of I'm not gonna lie I was always a Rachel fan because I just <laughs> you always hear that she was the favorite one and all this other stuff but looking back I'm kind of like oh I'm not a, I don't know I might be a Leah fan of this <laughs> um just because I feel like I can see Leah's heart you know
0: so that was and not to put the two right exactly not, we're not <laughs> it's not that we have right but the characters do kind of shine through as you read through the text and get to know them. Exactly. So that was my take. And away. Rachel is like she's the not all that glitters is gold, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's pretty much. beautiful, but on the inside, not as much. That's a lot of things to deal with. Yeah. I get you.
2: I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot to be. Fair. I was like, wait, where do I want to? Start from. Um,
0: I'll come back. How about you, share? Oh yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Um, I think for me, I really just um, I dwelled a little bit. Is that a word? Dwelled? Well, dwelled? I don't <laughs> know. Whatever that word is, I was. Uh, I lingered a little bit on how Leah's. Character, um, she kind of comes out of her shell a little bit towards the end of chapter thirty, or really as she starts to have children and she gets confidence from being able to give Jacob all of these sons. You see her character change a little bit from how she was kind of um, characterized in the beginning as more, probably more timid or or more meek or you know unattractive. Um, it's not that he loves her at this point, but she starts to not focus on that Mm. um, after a couple of kids. (laughs) And I think that's so interesting that the one that she changes her demeanor and her heart posture is on Judah. And as we know from Judah, we get um, the lineage that leads to Jesus Christ. And that's her fourth son. So I I really found it interesting that she decided to, to start praising God from that fourth son, um, she got over that victimhood that she'd been carrying with her for so long because of her sister and their relationship. And what you start to see is her fight back a little bit verbally, right? And she starts to um, stand up to her sister, maybe in a way that she never did growing up, or maybe she just never had the confidence to do it. But um, again, it's not that she's right and Rachel is wrong, because I don't think that that's what really transpires right. but I do think that you see how uh, when she starts to focus on God instead of focusing on the fight with her sister um, she starts to get this confidence out of nowhere to speak back and um, yeah and and God honors that um, her earnest prayers and her um, I think it talks about how she she would she would cry out to God in in all of what she was dealing with and she would um, go to him with, with the things that were troubling her, knowing that she wasn't loved and all that. So that kind of stuck with me. I was thinking about Leah a little bit after, after our conversation. And, um, it's, it's just really interesting to put myself in her position in my head and, and think, you know, would I have been a victim for so long? Like would I have accepted being inferior to my sister as part of my identity? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, It says a lot about how we do take on what other people think of us as part of our identity. Um, But look at the change when she focused on God instead, right?
2: Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, that's good. I think, you know, you're talking about, about Leah and I just kind of pivot a little bit to Rachel. One, the temptation that we have or face when we feel like things aren't going our way. Um and we decide to take matters into our own hands. And you kind of see that with the competing with her sister and going to her husband and demanding that he give her a child. Um, mm-hmm. And instead of being patient, I mean then again, we we don't really know what their relationship with God was if there really was a relationship. And so um, was even the trusting God a factor. Um, cause we know they had idols, right? Or well, we'll find out later that they had idols, but it just, mm-hmm. you know, the temptation we, we often face when it's not happening at the right time, the way we want it. And so we take matters into our hands. Um, but in all of that, God uses it, right? God uses our crazy decisions, um, to ultimately fulfill his oh. promise and fulfill his word and with Rachel I just remember also with Leah how the way she was in the beginning timid and then towards the end of that chapter she becomes she's bold you know and she doesn't really care <laughs> you know I'm not putting yeah. my my hope my faith my trust in this person I'm I'm going to be a, maybe content, I, I don't know if content really is the word, but just settled in herself. Um, we see almost a reverse of that with with Rachel, where she seems to be humbled um, by her experience and who knows what that was like for her, but she submits herself and humbles herself to the point where she's pretty much begging for something because she knows I mean, as all with all women, I I believe most women want to have children of their own, like the ones that come from their body, um, and not a surrogate, um, and so just that desire, to want that with a man she also loved, um, led her to the point where she's like, okay, I'm I'm going to humble myself. So it's good, it's interesting, not good per se, but it's interesting to see, the change or the, the change in character um, for both, for both women. But again, ultimately, mm-hmm. I think it's just the story really is, you know, God is writing the story. God is, God's hand is on the story. Um, no matter what the players do, he's going to, yeah, right. use, you know, their mistakes and their shortcomings and their, you know, maybe the right things that they did, he's going to use all of that um, because he made a promise, and he is that covenant-keeping God.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, and I, I love that you mentioned that God uses this family; His hand is upon them, despite their dysfunction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that—that that, I mean—that is the—that's the underlying thing about Jacob is that he, his name—I mean, he—he he was a trickster, right? He was known as somebody that um, deceived his father and cheated his brother out of the birthright. Um, And again, we're not going to focus on him, but he is a major part of the story as is Laban being a similar trickster and uh, deceives Jacob several times. And so um, that's kind of where the story picks up, right? Because he starts to, he's been there, he's been working. Remember um, from the first episode, we talked about how he, paid for his yeah. bride his two brides yeah. by working um, for seven years for each of them right. and now he's come to kind of the end of this time of working and living in his his um, uncle and father-in-law I don't know which one to call him let's say father-in-law because <laughs> I think <laughs> now that they're married right like let's say father-in-law um, so he's living there in the house or in the estate and um, it's time for him to move on he's feeling that need to move on with his life. And he's starting to see that Laban's sons are um, not happy with him. They don't like him. So they're starting to conspire against him. And so Jacob goes to his two wives and basically says, "Um, your father's attitude towards me is changing. He says this in um, chapter 31. And it's clear that he's cheated me. I knew that he cheated me when it came to you guys. I mean, that was clear but um i i can see that we're not going to be welcome here much longer so let's go and he he consulted with god about this too and and the directive was to go to the land of your fathers and your grandfathers and and god says and i will be with you so again um jacob doesn't deserve god's presence at all but his purposes are being fulfilled so he stays with him um and And the two ladies are like, yeah, okay, let's go. They're like, we don't even like our dad, basically. (laughs) The way (laughs) that they phrase it. It's kind of funny. It's like um, in verse 14, they both responded, that's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He's reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for us. So basically they're like, we're not even happy here. They probably weren't happy with him the whole time. They knew that their dad was deceptive. They knew that um, he was manipulative and he lied a lot to people. And so they saw that he was just, you know, wasting away the money, not being, not being responsible. And Jacob was really that savior. So going back again to that first episode, um, how we suspected that Leah was probably glad that she was sold into that situation. Um, this kind of confirms that she she probably was happy to go because it's clear that they were not wanting to stay with their father. So basically, he packs up the two wives, the two uh, concubines, the two servants that he got um, pregnant, the whole and shebang. all of the belongings. <laughs> all of the kids But what's interesting is that it's noted that Jacob puts um, Leah and the other servant, I think it's, is it Uh. um, Zilpah? So it's like an order, right, of the most important people from outward, like picture this huge caravan of people traveling out at the forefront. The people that would get attacked the first (laughs) in this group of people um, are his servant wives. And then not even both of them one of them and then it was (laughs) Leah so he still doesn't like her right he puts her out towards the front of the group then the other servant wife Billa who he actually does like it turns out later on Um, and then Rachel and then Mm -hmm. him so in terms of just like distance from the front of the line um, he's inwards Rachel is inwards Leah is put outwards and that's that's kind of just telling of where he thought of her yeah. how he thought of her um so yeah so they so they leave and they um do you want to talk about you do you want to talk about um rachel's role in her own little trickery her own little deception <laughs> right there? uh you mean
2: her taking the idol uh
0: yes <laughs> I, you, you
2: wonder why she did that uh maybe she thought i forget what the commentary was that i was reading That she probably thought that taking the god, not necessarily so she could worship that idol, but it would give her some sort of protection or just, I don't know what she was thinking, but she's funny. So Rachel takes the (laughs) idol, her father's idol. What verse is that again, ladies?
0: It comes in, where is it?
1: I saw it just now. Yeah, it's verses um 31 verse 19. Nin- Another th- 19. Rachel stole her father's household idols yeah, and then took them, them with, with, her. with her.
0: Um but basically it's important because Jacob had told Laban, <laughs> like search um, everything. <laughs> I'm taking nothing of yours. Yeah. I like in fact if you find anything of yours in my caravan. Um, that person's right. gonna die. And- <laughs> basically, he was like, "I don't even need you. I'll. I just want to go. I'll pay you whatever I owe you. I won't take anything with with us. I'll take only what's mine. My family, my wives, and we'll go. Um, but then, of course, Laban gets suspected, suspecting that um, Jacob Jacob has taken more than he said he was gonna take, and so he goes searching for anything of his and Okay. Yeah. So, pick
2: it up. They leave, and Laban and his his sons and his boys pursue them. Um, And of course, an altercation, well, close to one, where back and forth, back and forth. So, yeah. What's his name? Jacob says. (laughs) Sorry, ladies. I'm trying to like (laughs) hype myself up here. Jacob says, um, you know, just search for it. If you find it, and so. Of course, Laban goes from tent to tent and gets to Miss Rachel's tent. And Rachel hides the idol and sits on it, wraps it up, sits on it. And her dad comes in and she doesn't get up. And she's playing real coy here. (laughs) Um, She's like, yeah, you know, what are you looking for? And she's like, I'm so sorry. I can't get up because um, it's my time of the month. Ladies, use your of the month for Girl. your advantage if you need to
0: <laughs> can we just talk about that for a second for real because, like <laughs> oh. she knew first of all remember back then being on your period was like you were considered unclean so unclean and you're supposed to not talk to or see people you're just supposed to go bleed in a corner pretty much we also have <laughs> to remind people that
1: there's like you no know, pads you like you're sitting
2: in on you're sitting
0: on cloths and pieces
2: of cloth or or just not yes. moving because you
0: so really graphic really kind of you know not not sanitary situation um uh, but she knew that men would be repulsed by this <laughs> um and her her father would not ask her to move if that was the case so she was a quick thinker also a liar yeah. a little bit right mm-hmm. when you're um a little deceiving but she knew that that would work so it's so interesting how since the beginning of time men have been repulsed by our <laughs> periods
1: <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> oh. Bless. Yeah, bless indeed um but yeah that's really what happens there and of course jacob becomes really angry and we're not really gonna like you said go too deeply into jacob and he yeah. becomes really angry and um because of course this man has pursued him unjustly has accused him unjustly and yeah all this time didn't know that his precious dear wife that he loves so well has almost cost him his life and everything by stealing her father's idols. Um, Yeah. And then they just continue with their journey.
0: Yeah. They managed to get away. And um, there's a little bit here in verse, in chapter 34 about Dinah, who's Leah's daughter, the only daughter born into the family. Um, I won't. I won't go go too much into that, but that takes up kind of the thirty four, the chapter thirty four. Um, but we then see Rachel again when she's about to die. It's interesting that she dies in childbirth because if you remember, when she couldn't have children, what did she yell? Give at Jacob? me a child,
2: or I will die.
0: Yes. So she got her wish. God remembered.
2: Let's be careful and say <laughs> um, and, and not say God remembered, because
0: <laughs> the well life. the text does say God remembered Rachel. <laughs> I'm not saying right. that's why she died. I'm just saying it. God remembered. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so she she does die giving birth to Benjamin. Um, she actually names him Ben yeah. Yeah. Benoni. Uh, which means son of my sorrow. And I I don't think that what's interesting here, and maybe you ladies can let me know your thoughts on this, because it says in chapter 35, um, verse 17, after a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, don't be afraid, you have another son. Um, but then she names him the son of my sorrow, Benoni. So I was wondering, because I don't know if this is a reach, but I was thinking like, maybe she wasn't talking about sorrow in the moment. Maybe she was talking about like her whole experience. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, does that because I was thinking like she would be joyous knowing that it was a boy. I mean, I although she was already dying was hard, and she knew she was dying. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But something about that that last exchange with the midwife I was kind of like interested don't be afraid you have another son to me that didn't read as like sorrow I don't know that's just my thought there but I just think about how her um just being cut short you know of her time with her new son and her just being able to see that fulfillment um that just speaks to the culmination of this back and forth for years with this situation and how it wasn't what she wanted either. Remember, she thought she was marrying him. I don't think she signed up for her sister marrying him too. And then finding out that she couldn't have kids. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to be sorrowful about.
2: Yeah. It's a good take. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. And that's, it's, I can see how. I just um, never really thought of it that way. I just always, you know, when I read the text, I just read it as she was probably, she knew she was dying Um, because I'm sure she probably bled a lot or just stuff going on. Who knows? And being out there in the wilderness, it's not like they have all the medical care, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but that's a a good way to... That's an interesting way to look at it. It makes sense. I just didn't think about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you ladies, you read it. Uh, let us know. It was a sorrowful event. My note here says like, she died in childbirth, of course, um, is, is a sorrowful event. But then yeah, Jacob but right. changes his name which I also find interesting. (laughs) Um, And the fact that he buries her on the way to where they're going um, on the way to Bethlehem. And he sets up a stone monument, but he doesn't honor her in the way that you may have expected him to honor the wife that he wanted so badly. Um, So I find that very interesting. And, We'll we'll talk about Leah in a second, but yeah, I just, I, it, it makes me so sad that that's how her story ends kind of um, because it seems like, well, was all of that worth it? You know, like, did, did she have the relationship with her husband? Did she actually get to enjoy that marriage? Maybe not.
2: Constantly bickering over two. Right. Sleep with them so you can have children. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't even put myself in her position. I can't even try to think about how she felt. And because you've, you hear of, especially like in the Muslim communities, or I should say like Northern Nigeria, where, you know, men will have multiple wives. Um, I don't know that you hear of this kind of conflict. Maybe it's the way it happened, right? And maybe it's there. And it's not like I'm, Mm -hmm. I know all these stories. Maybe it's there, but you don't always hear this kind of conflict. And it's probably just because, again, of how it happened. And this is your sister. And, you know, you're having to almost try to prove yourself um, on Leah's part to this man who has paid your dowry or thought he paid your dowry, you know, Um, it's. It's kind of tough, and I don't, I don't wish the situation on anyone, at all. Right. At all.
0: But, So by contrast, he buries Leah at the family tomb. Right.
2: But I mean, he—it's not like he could have taken Rachel all the
1: way to the family <laughs> tomb with him. He could have. I wouldn't have done he actually that. could have. But they took Joseph out right, of Egypt, of his idea, and So
2: Joseph was exactly. also embalmed. They but I think well. back then, yeah. or Joseph, you wouldn't have carried a dead body with you on a trip. That's a dead body that you're carrying.
0: <laughs> no, but listen, they would have. And it says here in the notes for chapter 35, I have the illustrated study Bible, y'all. So if you like notes and history and context, highly recommend we're not sponsored. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but the the note here for 3519 says, Jacob did not carry Rachel's body to the family tomb at <laughs> Machpelic, but buried her in the territory that would be Benjamin's.
1: Interesting.
0: So he could have <laughs> taken her. And I think that speaks again to remember that in the first episode, how you noticed that he could have prayed for her, <laughs> but he didn't. Um, when she was infertile, he could have, he could have, or, you know, unable to have kids at the time, he could have done more for her and he didn't. And I think, again, this speaks to like their relationship. What did they actually have after all of that? Um, and to the point where, and it wouldn't have been him carrying the body, would it? It would have been the servant person or servant people, um, that are traveling with him with this massive caravan. So he probably just felt like I can leave this one here and then keep going. Um leave this part of my life and keep going. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. This is all speculation on my part, but there's something else just occurred to
2: me that um Jacob placed a curse on whoever stole the uh, the idols. Right. True? True. Who stole the idols? Rachel. Rachel. True. I wonder if there was Resentment. I mean, they ended up having a baby after that, but <laughs> so how much, res- how much
0: resentment? And, and his favorite kids were hers, kids right? were hers But it fair. just
2: yeah. makes you wonder if it was like, okay, well, all right, this part of my life is over. I'm going to press on. To I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs>
0: That's the mystery of the Bible, y'all. We don't know. We actually don't know. Um, but there's a lot to just consider and and to take away, just in thinking about the possibilities. And that I think is the beauty of the situation as well, because we're able to see that even in this must this this must dysfunction, even in this much um, dysfunction and inability to to see just goodness coming out of these characters we're still able to see purpose and we're still able to see that somehow somehow right god is still getting the glory from them Mm -hmm. being the way that they are
1: yeah i think that gives you hope for today honestly i mean i think a lot of times we think that everything has to line up in order and look this way for the Lord to step in and do what he needs to do. But ah, I've seen too many times where he steps into a mess and redeems and restores the story, you know, like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think sometimes when we're so lost in our brokenness or like, um, the woe is me, or even just our situation, um, depending on what situation it is, like, sometimes we can lose hope. the lord is there and he's present and he's working because we're so focused on the situation or we're so focused on like just the what seems hopeless in that situation when i feel like the whole time like he was there all along in the midst of like the bickering with the sister in the midst of like the rejection because honestly let's go back to like they both were rejected in some form. Um, and I feel like as women, I feel like that's our, that's hard for us a lot of times. I don't know. I just, to me, I just see identity. Um, and I know we've spoken about this, but like in the midst of our situation, how often do we start to let those mind thoughts or those, um, or those things take us and identify us. Like, I think of just, Mm -hmm. um, dear friends who, um, have struggled with like infertility, um, like Rachel and how that sometimes has personified as their identity. Well, I'm the barren one or, um, and I don't think they ever mean to put that identity on themselves, but sometimes it's just becomes, um, it becomes the focus because they want it. Um, that it begins to be who they are. Um, And I don't like, again, I think that that's what you see sometimes with Rachel in the story is that she was so Mm -hmm. focused on something that she thought she needed or that the story was gonna look Mm -hmm. this way, that she totally, I feel like sometimes missed completely what was really happening in the whole story. Yeah um and how often do we do that we're so focused on this one thing that we miss everything around us because we're so focused that we thought it was going to go this way um i think about 2020 like we're in the year 2020 everybody in january were like they had prophetic words yes but they didn't have the full story to them yet you know like we prophesy in part but who would have known that 2020 was going to be such the mess that it was and is still to this mm-hmm. day. But yet, when we start focusing on how a mess this year has been, you start to lose sight of everything else that's been around and that the Lord is doing behind the scenes. And honestly, yeah. like I feel like the Lord's just given me like eyes to focus on that this year. Like there's so often that I take my eyes on it because you just get overwhelmed with just everything of this year like it's been it's been a lot praise the lord this year has flown by it it has felt like 80 years in one but it also has flown by (laughs) can i you know yeah but it's like i feel like it's grace to make it fly by because i do truly believe that he is gonna redeem and restore like not what we see for 2020 or what we expected for 2020 And yes, he answers our dreams and the words that he gives us. Right. But I don't know. I see there, there's a bigger story taking place. Just like with Rachel and Leah, there was a bigger story taking place. Like he was literally laying the foundations for Israel in their story. Right. So how much more is he really, I don't know. He's just had the word foundation on my heart and you see that with their story. If you look deep beneath the surface, like, there was something being laid. It was a new foundation for what he was doing. Um, And so I think that sometimes we just, we get so focused, like I keep saying on things, but, and it seems painful in the moment, but how much is he restoring and relaying a new foundation for us to step into something bigger than we could ever imagine because he is the God of the impossible, you know? Like he can take brokenness and completely restore it into a beautiful story. I mean, that's the Bible in a nutshell, technically, is the Lord keeps coming in to redeem his people and restoring it. And how does he restore it? He restores it through him. And Jesus is the rest like he is the redeemed one that steps into the scene and restores it all to himself, to the Father, so that we can therefore step in restoration and intimacy and communion with the Father. Sorry, that was a lot. That like that was just like what I was. That's good. I was hearing and flowing with. So, yeah, um, yeah.
0: that's good. That's good. Good. I also just want to touch on. I love that you brought up just how God redeems and restores, um, and in the bigger picture, and just on His His redemption. I think you see redemption. Although she's now dead, Leah is in a way redeemed. If you flip forward to chapter 49 and verse 30, nope, 31, Jacob is talking and he's telling his sons who are now the 12 tribes of Israel, right? It's been established that this is what's going on. Um, He tells his son, soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron, the Hittite. Um, Verse 31, just skipping, goes to say, there Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebecca are buried. And there I buried Leah. And I think that is just so, it's like beautiful and poignant and interesting at the same time, because these women that are mentioned are the mothers of Israel, right? Sarah, Rebecca. They are the loves of their husband's lives. Um, if you read their stories, which you can, you could read Sarah and Rebecca in Genesis. Um, and they get that place at the end, um, you know, right alongside, these fathers of Israel. And so Jacob becomes one of the fathers of Israel as he accepts his place in the ancestry, right. And, and knows that he's about to enter into that place um, of ancestry. And he says, there, I buried Leah, not there. I buried Rachel. because He didn't, but I think there's something, there's something about that. I mean, it, it wasn't a coincidence that he buried Leah, And he's willing to be buried next to her in the end, someone that he didn't love in the beginning. Um, So I just see a lot of God's redemption in that because Leah is redeemed in a way um, from being unloved to becoming a mother of nations, right? And being um, not looked at by so many people, including her father, her sister, to being in the lineage of Jesus. Um, so yeah, that's just, I always found that really special. Mm, That's good. I've actually never noticed that. It's slight, but I think it's important that is the one talking, right? Right. He says it, uh, there I buried Leah. Um, so yeah, it's significant, I think. That's good. It's like the,
1: yeah. Like you were saying, restored.
0: Yeah. So in a way, they both, I mean, it's not, (laughs) it's not all right right is in the end, right? Um, It's not, it's not that they died both happy or, you know, like, like we felt good about their stories, but um, we just see so much purpose behind it. There is still that element of redemption, as we just mentioned. And then there is still that um, lesson to be learned from Rachel's life. Um, and and that reminder to all of us that it is not and it will never be more important being beautiful, being attractive, being loved by everyone than it will be being loved and truly known by God. It will, it will never be more important to appeal to this world than it will to appeal in your heart to the one who made you. So just a reminder, um, especially to the ladies who feel like the Leas of the world, who feel... Um, like you're overlooked or unloved or, um, you don't, you don't walk the same way that this woman does. You don't look <laughs> like Beyonce. I mean, whatever, whatever you feel, um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's okay. Right. God is still writing your story. Um, and your identity is not rooted in what people think of you. It's the confidence you want is the confidence that comes And your identity. That's is it.
2: Not rooted in, in. And what you look Absolutely. like, you know, not just what people, because there's also how you see yourself, aside from how other people see you, which I think is a factor in the story as well. It's how mm-hmm. Leah saw herself. She didn't think of highly. She thought she had to, mm-hmm. you know, do so much to get this man's approval and have sons, and she could, hey, with each son, she's like, I'm getting closer. I think I'm getting closer. Um so yeah that low self esteem it it's not in what you look like it's it's knowing that God says that hey you you're fearfully and wonderfully made um that you are called you're chosen right those are the things that we hold on to um and just also knowing that God has that bigger plan um something bigger than what we can conceive of And just trusting in that plan instead of trying to fix it ourselves.
0: Yep. Yep. It's all, it's all there. So I think when we look back and we've, we've spent a little time in Genesis, we've talked a little bit about um, the mothers of Israel. I mean, we covered these two, but we also mentioned Sarah and Rebecca. Um. Mm. Do we go back or do we go forward, ladies?
2: You know, let me just do a quick flip. Wherever the finger lands. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How we pick everything. Oh, oh, episodes. oh bluff.
2: We can touch on Sarah since it's sort of the same. It's a similar, somewhat of a similar story. Um
0: he is indeed, but no, she very much more interesting no in i think that when i say similar more
2: about yeah, the barrenness more about the trying to help out um
0: right right yeah but i have some stuff to say about <laughs> hagar so that's a good one i don't know if we do it next i don't know if we do it next but when we get there mm-hmm. i'm team hagar team i'm hagar. just saying i love you
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, so are
0: we going forward or are we going backwards? I just landed on the poor widow with the two coins. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like we should go to New Testament. We've been in Old Testament for a couple episodes yeah, I here. Just landed on the
2: persistent widow, but that was a parable. Yeah, I agree. So,
0: should we do one about widows? The widows yeah, of the New Testament. Testament. I think we can do yeah. it. That's it for this episode. We're gonna do the widows for the next one, but we hope that you enjoyed Rachel and Leah two Damn parts right. that was fun I enjoyed that guys I thought that was fun Um, and yeah let us know what you think let us know what you thought actually I'm curious to see if anyone else um, saw kind of yeah. what I saw about Rachel Yeah, yeah I'm curious to know if that struck anyone or if this seems kind of far-fetched and it's okay if it does because I think that's the beauty of the Bible. We can interpret it differently and it's for us to ponder and um, really try to seek God for understanding. And, and that's what I, I would love for us to do together. So if you feel so inclined, get in touch with us. We're all right. over social media, um, arrow.women on Instagram, Podcast. on Facebook, arrow women um the podcast is (laughs) on all the platforms now thank (laughs) you right so we yeah engage with us and um we love hearing from you just know that we do talk about the ladies that have the opportunity to tell us face to face when when you are able to listen so please do let us know if you do listen Until next time,
2: happy Thanksgiving.
0: Until
1: next time. Yes, enjoy the holiday.